Hey everybody, welcome to Hit Rewind. Right now we're between seasons, ready to go into 1990, but between those times of 89 and 90, we wanted to do a fun little mini-sode series where we bring a guest on, discuss one of their favorite bands of the 70s and 80s, and uh, basically program a perfect concert playlist of 10 songs and an encore. And this episode, I have guest Anthony Sibeli with me. Did I say it right? I, we haven't done the show in like three years, so I can't remember if I <laughs> Yeah, you said it perfect. Everyone always gets it wrong. I, I, I don't even correct people. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, so I was asking around, and I'm actually kind of shocked that no one had, like, enough knowledge of the Ramones outside of, like, you know, a few big hits that we heard in the movies to make up a list. And thankfully, you had, like, a good chunk of songs you to choose from. So basically, that's how we do this. It's just a real short episode uh, to give us time to prepare for 19... 19- so Anthony is the guest, so he gets to round off his ten and an. Cool, yeah. Thanks for thanks for having me. That's a cool idea. Um, when you uh, like posted about it, I it it was like a little intimidating because I wasn't sure exactly what to do because you know when you said like your top ten Ramon songs, my first thought was like, well, I'm just gonna list Rocket to Russia, and I was like, well, I have to, uh, you know, I, I have to go through their whole career. I can't just have, you know, I, I didn't want to have it skewed too heavily towards those first three or four albums. Mm-hmm. So I actually scribbled down two different lists. And what I did is one is like, what are my like 10 favorite songs if I had to choose my top 10 favorite? And then the other one was like, well, if, I, if I'm if i seeing them in this hypothetical concert, what if I took one song from each album? And so they did 14 albums. Um, one of those Acid Eaters is a covers album. So I, I just cut that one. Out. And I listed 13 songs. And then I just cut my th- least favorite to have like my top 10. So I think that's the playlist I'm going to go through. Okay. Now, have you so ever seen is, them? Just, have I ever seen the Ramones live? Yes. Uh, I was pretty young when they broke up. Okay. I'm 44. How old are you? I thought... I'm 34, so I'm okay. So yeah, you missed, you did miss that whole thing. So I saw them at Lollapalooza '96, and at the time, I didn't appreciate uh, them because all the concerts I'd been to have been like these Metallica and stuff like that, where they're really epic. And these guys are short yeah. and fast, and to the point, they didn't fuck around. And yeah, they would do like 20 minute shows, right? Yeah, they really burned through it, and I was like, they're not even gonna pause. They're not gonna talk to the audience. What is going <laughs> on here? I'm thrown off. <laughs> but. They did primarily focus on those first handful of albums, except for like their Spider-Man cut. And oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish that I had the love of them that I have now back then. That way I really got into the yeah. concert. But I was like, these guys are fine. But when are we getting to Soundgarden? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that was their last tour, too. It, they really were a lot of fun. Just wasn't prepared for I was that style. Say, yeah, I think 96 is the year they broke up. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was it. All right, so um, so you want to go with your top ten favorite songs, and then do you want to do your concert playlist? Oh, um, it's your call. Yeah, I mean, I, I could do both if we want. I, I figured I'd just go through one from each album. Okay, the, yeah, honestly, go ahead the and do yours. Are pretty similar. Yeah, and then I'm, I'll do mine after yours. Um, why don't I? This is this is. Um, the, I'm sorry. What, what did we say? The playlist. Uh, you go ahead and do the playlist <laughs> if you were programming a concert. Okay. So this is one song from each album, and it's in. So the opening song is Loudmouth. And then um, from Leave Home, California Sun. Okay. And then she- Sheena is a punk rocker. Yes. Uh, and then for the fourth song, this is a, a bit of a change of pace, Questioning Lynn. From the next album, I was a little... This one was tricky. I, I really like it, but I, I went with... Um, uh, Jackie and Judy, or the, the return of Jackie. And- this is that's the uh, album that basically tortured them because they had Phil Spector, right, producing for them. Yeah, that was a really tough album, I think, to uh, to to get through. There are some like legendary stories of like 
how difficult it was. You know, he would make them play the same chord like 400 takes in a row. Um, supposedly, he only liked Joey, and he was pretty mean to the others. <laughs> yeah, that's it's an epic so, album, but I, yeah. you can kind of feel there's something different after it kind of broke. Yeah, I can understand. I know it's kind of divisive, and I can understand why. Lost your that is All's Quiet on the Eastern Front. Okay. Which is one of my favorite songs ever. I, I really like the Pleasant Dreams album. Um, so then after uh, All's Quiet, I have Howlin' at the Moon. God, that's one of mine. Yeah, and then uh, A Real Cool Time, I think is a really fun song. And then um, for the next song, I Won't Let It Happen. Okay. And then for the closer is The Crusher. I don't know that one. What album's that off of? Oh, that Adios? is off of uh, Adios Amigos. Okay. And it was actually written for Didi Ramon's rap album. Oh. <laughs> so it's technically them like covering one of his solo songs because he did re- he did release it first. Wow. Um, and I'm not sure which one I like better because CJ sings it for the Ramones, and they, he they kind of shorten it a little bit. They take out um, some of the lines like at the end of each verse. It, it's a really funny song where he it's um so i actually really like dd's rap album i, I didn't um, know he had one till- oh yeah 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 well he put out a single called funky man and the single is like not great but the album itself it, the single is not even on the album huh. um the album is really fun i'll have to look this and the, up the, his he created this persona dd king and the um, the song The Crusher is about him being like a pro wrestler. Oh, okay. And he's like psyching himself up before the match until he like sees his opponent, and then he's trying to like get out of the ring. Um, it's it's almost like like a Chaplin movie or like a Looney Tunes. It's huh. it's it's a really fun song. Yeah, it's the '90s is an era that I really have. To, I don't know yeah. why. It's the, the '89 album is kind of the last, and then after yeah, that, it just kind yeah, of fades yeah. away from. Me. Do you think that the revival of the Ramones in what was it around 2003, 2004? Do you think that was because people started, you know, like the whole pop punk movement was coming back, or is just discovery of rock and roll high school? What do you think it was that all of a sudden they were just back so strong? I don't know. Yeah, I, I really don't know. Um... I mean, for me, I really got into them, um, I would say around like 2010 or 2011, um, which was like right when I was out of college, because I'd always liked them. And then all of a sudden it became something that I was like super into. Uh, Like they were all that I listened to for a long time. Wow. Yeah. You're you're more into it than I expected because you you pick off some albums that I never listened. Um, Mine was discovering that, uh, do you remember the old VHS collections that were introduced by Leonard Maltin? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He only did a few of them for Roger Corman, but that's the one that I found at a video store, and I was like, oh, oh, this is, I mean, I know who the Ramones are, I even saw them, but I never really listened to them outside of, like, what my friend was, and that's when I went and got their anthology, and, you know, that double disc set, and that's when I really started getting into them, and then all of a sudden, like, a couple years later, I started seeing, like, teenagers wearing those shirts all the time, and I remember, like, people were kind of shitting on pop punk, but Ramones really were... The surprising part about them is that they're so melodic and a lot of romantic songs, which kind of isn't norm that you find in that genre. No, yeah, they they were almost like, um, I mean, so much of it is like is like 60s girl group inspired. Yeah, like a lot of their songs like like I mean, obviously why they work with Phil Spector is because he, you know, recognized that they had that like, um, like 50s sensibility. Um, and the other thing that was a big influence for them, do you like um like bubblegum pop from the 60s yeah monkeys 
I think are one yeah. of the greatest bands ever. Yeah. Do you know um, um, like the song Yummy, Yummy, Yummy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that one. Because the Ramones stole the opening to that song for uh, Beat on the Brat. Okay. It's the exact same thing as the do, 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 do. So many of their songs are just taken from like feel good 60s songs. Yeah. It's. Well, if you think about the way that they presented us, that was more yeah. the punk. Like, these guys are just weirdos. But yeah. they were trying to cut away all the excess of prog rock and all that yeah. 70s bloated and try to make them, you know, back the way it was in the 50s. Yeah. Whereas it seemed yeah. like the other movement was more out of, like, post-disco rage at the system kind of thing. It, they're different than what, like, the, the British, uh, a lot of Oh, punk, definitely. Yeah. Because honestly, I mean, I, I love the Ramones. I I really don't know a ton about punk outside of the Ramones. I mean, I know and some. Like when, I'm not like the way Ken is because he was literally yeah. in a punk band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like when you, you know, the stuff I've read about the Ramones is like when they were starting out, it was like, you know, it was them and Blondie and the Talking Heads and all these groups that are all kind of doing really different things, but they were all under that like umbrella of, I mean, they, they used to build themselves as new wave. yeah. Because, like, you know, punk had such a, um, you know, stigma to it. Um, yeah, I think about it. Devo was a punk band. That first yeah. album is punk, and they were under that new wave window, and they did that genre a little heavier. Have you um, have you read Johnny Ramone's book? I uh, know. I was talking to a friend about it recently. It is, it's, I really recommend it. It's, it's, um, it takes about 45 minutes to read the whole thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, like, it's it's his, it's the Ramon story from his point of view, and even when he tells it, he looks like the bad guy. Oh, wow. Um, but the book itself is physically, like, beautiful. It's It's got this, like, um, the, the, the pictures in it and, like, just the layout and, like, the graphic design is so well done. And he's got these really bizarre um, lists in the back of the book. They have like excerpts from his um, uh, like his calendar book, and he has like you know saw a taxi driver today, uh, rehearsed for two hours. It's every movie he sees and like everything that that they do, um, you know, dealing with the bands. Mm-hmm. Um, he has his reviews of each album, like he gives them like letter reviews. You know, it's like Ramones A plus, you know, Leave Home, you know, A minus, um, and then he gives like a little. Uh, like a couple of paragraphs but the weirdest thing he has these top 10 lists just random stuff yeah it's like because he was super into horror movies and baseball and being a republican so he has like top 10 eight baseball players of the 80s and he has a list of 10 guys um one of them is top 10 republicans and it's like charlton heston (laughs) arnold schwarzenegger ronald reagan richard nixon um he has like top 10 horror movies uh, top 10 TV shows of all time. I remember his top 10 TV shows. Number one was like Chiller Theater, and then it was like Twilight Zone. Uh, it, was, it was all like 50s and 60s TV. It was like, you know, Beverly Hillbillies and like Petticoat Junction. Well, no, I never would have guessed that. No. Yeah. The, he has one list at the front that just says like Johnny Ramone's all time top 10. And this is just off the top of my head. I, it, it, number 10 is like baseball. And then number nine is like rock and roll, <laughs> and then and then number eight is like um, one of the one of them says reference books, and then he's got like it says like you know number seven horror movies, number six movies, uh, number five uh, rock and roll movies, or I think one just says like Elvis. <laughs> 
it's but like yeah, a journal I, I, of stream of conscious just things he just yeah. randomly and there's like ton, he's got like like 10 or 15 of these lists it's like top 10 elvis movies um he, he does have like top 10 punk band the ramones are at the top uh he has top 10 rock and roll singers and joey ramone is not listed wow i think he's a horribly underrated singer oh i do too yeah i think he's a great singer have you heard his his second solo album, the one they put out a couple of years ago? Oh no, I didn't know they even put it out. Yeah, so, so you know when he life. when he did the first album, he recorded a ton of stuff, and um, the tapes were never released until like I don't even remember what year now, maybe twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. Um, so it had been like over ten years that they were trying to get these tapes out, and they, they were like demos that like weren't finished. Um, but he was like really experimenting with different styles. There's stuff that's like, you know, more like country influence, and there's wow. stuff that's like, um, um, there's a video on YouTube. It's just the audio, but it's on YouTube of him doing um, Duke of Earl, the cover of it, and it's yeah. it's like great. It's it's like shocking that it, it, you know, that it never saw an official release. I, I think when he was doing the solo album, they got scared about like experimenting too much, and they and they, you know, played it pretty close to like, you know, the Ramon sound, right. And I think he had a bigger range than that. I, I, I think he could have. Um, I mean, did you hear songs that are like that are like different than that? And it's like, um, you know, you, you you can see a little bit of his range, and I, I don't think he fully explored it. Yeah, it's. I think what's interesting about their covers, they really are pretty faithful to the originals, yeah. just a little bit faster. Whereas like Devo and Oingo Boingo, guy, they were trying to like destruct what they yeah. were covering and do their version of it whereas he clearly had a lot of love for these songs he would yeah. just try to stay close and faithful to the original like um yeah i i will say acid eater is probably my least favorite album i could never really get through that one yeah, i think um i would say probably around 80 81 is probably my and yeah. uh i think the only thing i ever read for them was around when i started getting really into them around 2003 i picked up their hey ho let's go the story at the library um, oh yeah but it's like one of those generic you know how you read some of those kind of they're not really biographies they're just kind of covering their have any discussion with band and uh you know have them tell their story like real interview and yeah. it just kind of turned me off are any of the ramones the original ramones still alive no none, none of the original four it's a bummer you have bands yeah. that have been around much longer than that <laughs> did oh, yeah. apparently yeah. way more drugs and they're still ticking i mean they, yeah they were all pretty young um, I mean, Marky Ramone is still around, but he's you know, not one of the original. Right. Very he's as, as close to one of the originals, I guess. <clears throat> All right. So uh, yeah. this brings me to my list of my choices for the perfect concert playlist you would like. Sure. All right. Yeah, so please. mine isn't as deep cut as yours, so I feel like a poser now. <laughs> I did not expect that. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I was trying to show off. So. <laughs> I did that with my Oingo Boingo uh, episode. Yeah. I was like, Ooh, yeah, let's try some deep cuts off the third album. Um, but uh, I want to start off with a big epic song. Uh, kind of sums up a lot of what they were feeling at the time of mm-hmm. where music was. And I want to start with, do you remember Rock and Roll Radio? Yeah. Such oh, a that's big what I was going to do for my encore. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. uh, G- uh, Sheena's a punk rocker was my second yep. song. Uh, then I wanted to kind of go slow it down a little bit into more of their deeper more ballad oriented songs so don't mm-hmm. come close yep um i believe in miracles which i think is great. one of their last great greats yeah um then go back into the fun with rockaway beach which we have yeah. a rockaway beach here i don't know if the song is based on it at all i doubt it i think we beach in- on the east coast right <laughs> oh yeah 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 new york 
um, the Havana Affair, which not a lot of people. Yeah. I know I discovered that one through that cover album. Did you ever listen to that? The uh, Where Happy Oh, the, the Red Hot Chili Peppers version. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, John Frusciante, I think you're right, though, the Red Hot Chili. I Want to Be Your Boyfriend, I think, is yep. one of the all-time great ballads, and it's from a band that you just don't expect it from. Yeah. Um, the only cover on here, um, but I love it so much, is their version of is so much. It's funny, I, I almost said Let's Dance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which I sing yeah. to my dog every time we go outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I was like, I'm putting on my shoes, <laughs> and then I start singing the song to my dog. <laughs> um uh wow i can't even read my own handwriting i just want something okay. to believe is that my handwriting uh, no i just want something to do sorry yeah <laughs> i just want something to do god i'm, I'm terrible i'm left-handed i don't know if you are but we have the worst. oh yeah, yeah, yeah uh and then uh judy is a punk for the finale yeah. and then the encore howling at the moon i thought that'd be a good closing to what you know the big epicness of the opening song yeah yeah they had a lot of fun songs that sounded like if they weren't from movies they felt like movies they told a lot of stories in I agree, these short yeah. songs Howlin' at the Moon is kind of similar to Pet Cemetery. yeah they feel like they should be from like the same movie or they're from Silver yeah. Bullet <laughs> what's the uh, and the whole thing with the freaks that's just kind of like their kind of gimmick and is like they were coming off the old 30s yeah. the Todd Browning's uh, Pinhead yeah. yeah there's just nothing like that they have a very popular sound but what they were talking about was so much yeah yeah i agree nothing like i, I mean, mean that's that makes the greats the ones that still talk about decades definitely definitely and they, they had such a like um you know it, it's I, I don't i don't mean this to sound like cynical although i feel like it might but like they just understood their branding like i know that sounds like a corporate thing but like they they definitely like you know everything i've read about them says like they really wanted to be the biggest band in the world but they also didn't want to compromise and they and, did that one but, and they nearly killed them well not killed them big band. yeah yeah well i mean even you look at like road to ruin and even at that point i mean because their first three albums are their best three albums they're they're like every song on those is perfect and then by road to ruin they're starting to experiment because they're trying to be a little poppier like you know like questioningly is like a country song and then like don't come close i i think is even a little um you know a little poppier so they're already starting to like experiment a little bit and then i think after the phil specter one you know I, I think they kind of settled into their style like they kind of realized what worked for them but there um, is a difference you can tell in the 80s yeah. and it's hard not to when you're in that <clears throat> rock genre and punk is dying what do you yeah. do to pivot we had was that, you know, hair metal and that's kind of stuff. Yeah. European metal was taking off. Now, they never copied that sound, but you can see there's a slight evolution in the way that, and how yeah. they're playing chords. It's a little more updated sound. Yeah, even like I Believe in Miracles is a little like, like, like heavier that way. Yeah, it sounds like a power <clears throat> ballad. Yeah. But I'll take but yeah, that I mean, they, any day over exactly. like, sorry, I, I do it too. I'm sorry. I'm nervous of dead air. That's the anxiety yeah. thing I have. Um, but, uh, <laughs> And I can't re I can't see your face, so I can't read the social. But yeah. I will say this: I'll take that era of the Ramones over basic. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. Right. I mean, me too. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm biased, I guess, because I'm uh, a Ramones fan. It's funny, I, I haven't like really listened to them in so long. It feels like, um, but for I mean, like like three years it was like pretty much all i listened to yeah it's it's usually my get up and go i mean i listen I, to them all the uh, time but uh, if i'm at work and i'm tired i'll pop my headphones yeah. i met marky ramon at uh comic-con one year yeah this was at uh, rhode island rhode island comic-con the first the, i think it was the first year they did it 
so I think it was it was 2013 or 2014, but um, yeah, it cost me forty dollars. He um, he signed a book on the Ramones that I have, and he had clearly never signed a book before. What? He, he opens it up. Well, he's he's trying to sign the cover, and it's like it's not a hardcover book, but it's got like a glossy cover, oh, okay. and the cover is like a photo of them, and there's no white space for him to sign it. Because, like, you hand anyone a book to sign, they open it up to the title page, and they sign. So he signs, like, I, I think he did sign the cover. I, I don't have the book on me at the moment. Um, and then he's he signs the cover because at the top it says Ramones in white. And I think he signed on top of that. And then he's, like, <laughs> looking around to do something else. And I was, like, maybe on, like, the title page. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he opens it, signs it a second time. And then he does, like, a smiley face. Oh, that had to be awkward. That is weird. Yeah. I actually, I have it on video. Oh, wow. Because they, uh, I know some of these celebrities at the conventions, they, they work with this uh, company that, like, records it. Okay. So as soon as you leave, they email you, like, a video of it. If I can find it, I'll uh, send it to you. Well, I, uh, this is a side note, but I paid $100 for Devo reunion tour back in, like, 2011. Oh, yeah. And yeah. in it, they said, you'll have tons of gifts with it. This is a big thing. Yeah. $100 is a lot of money for me. And yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, I get to meet them and then sign in. And they said, oh, there's no, there's nothing to sign. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? I was like fourth in line. I had to get uh, out of line, run to the concession stands, which had closed. Oh, man. <laughs> I had nothing for them to sign. I'm literally like looking <laughs> at my white T-shirt. I'm like, do I have to sign my white T-shirt? <clears throat> and then I remembered I printed out the ticket on a... Oh, uh, thank God. And they all they all signed it, but Mark Mothersbaugh did a drack of it and everything like that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and I got to hang out because the line was so long. So I got to talk about yeah. like seeing him at, you know, oh, I saw you in Square Pegs and I discovered uh, you or whatever. So cool. and, but uh, I can't imagine. Did he have a discussion with you or just kind of like law signed and then handed it up? No, I mean, he did, he did talk to me for a little bit. I was pretty nervous. What do you say? And what do you say? At the, at the time, I was like, I don't know why I did this. At, at, at the time, I was doing a Twitter account uh, called The Ramon Show. Uh -huh. And it was me and um, some of my like stand-up comic friends. And the premise was like, what if the Ramones were the monkeys? Like, what if they had their own TV show like that? Oh, and I would just tweet out like you know two sentence uh, like like TV guide synopsises of like synopses <laughs> of um, of like episodes, and I um, I wish I could remember any of them right now. Um, and so I, I handed him my business card. And I had written like twitter.com slash Ramon show, uh -huh. and I was trying to explain to him. I was like, I run this Twitter account. Me and some friends like we we do this. Like, what if the Ramones had their own TV show? And he was like, "Oh, so like, uh, like a reality TV thing?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. That's what." It is. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to like explain it to him, and he, he, he you know, he, he was really nice. Yeah, yeah. It's but just, yeah, it seemed like he was. Uh, his, his wig, his wig was perfect that day. Oh, uh, I always wondered about it. they all. I, I, I assume. Cause... Well, that's a famous. Uh, he he was having a big argument with uh, Joey Ramone on the Howard Stern show once. Uh huh. And they were like yelling at each other. And Joey Ramone says something about Marky wearing a wig, and Marky like flipped out. Oh my god! Like he clearly hit like a sore spot. It has to be hard to be a rock and roller back in those days because you didn't shave your head. You just did. Now it's pretty common, yeah, or yeah. you're something, or you do whatever the hell it is that Fred Durst is doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that has to be a little hard because you ha you're known for your long hair. So what do you do. You know, yeah, right. Like, you're the quiet right. riot guy with that horrifying. It was also like. 
the convention like the convention center was like pretty warm yeah. but he had to wear the leather jacket so oh. he had it kind of draped on his shoulders like a cape yeah, yeah. it's always roast fire hot in convention. yeah well that we actually oh, sorry. i'm sorry i was gonna say we we did a stand-up comedy show that night at the convention it was me and and um like three or four comics uh-huh. and my friend kevin was like running the show so it's actually like kind of a long story we we were we played an after party at this convention and no one at the after party knew there was going to be comedy they thought they were there to like drink and hang out oh so like there's like 200 people and then all of a sudden like there were like you know two bars in the back with these huge lines and all of a sudden the lights dim and it's like all right your first comedian um but anyways, I, I told Marky Ramon's handler that we were, like, doing a show that night. And she was like, oh, he might go to it. Yeah, he might, like, c- come out and, like, see you. And we were like, oh, that would be so cool. But, of course, he, he didn't. Yeah. Um, do you think you would have been nervous? Would, would I have been nervous? Yeah. I was actually um, – I know I said this is a long story, but it's it's getting even longer as I remember more details. That's fine. Um, I used to do a character in my act sometimes that was a Ramones inspired character uh-huh. and I was doing it that night at the show. So I was, the character is Wally Ramone and the joke is just like, what if a guy who like does not understand anything about the Ramones was like in the group and the bit is like, you know, I was like the fifth member and they kicked me out and, um, so I was doing that that night with like the leather jacket and everything, and I was like, "Man, if Marky Ramone walks in right now, I don't know if I'm going to be able to ha- to handle it." <laughs> and we there, there was um, so there was there was no green room at the show, but there was a curtain that like divided part of the room off, and we had to share that backstage area with a Kiss cover band. Uh huh. And the only thing I remember is that we were not allowed to eat any of their like craft services food that was out. They had like these mini hot dogs, and I remember that we were told like the comics were not allowed to eat anything. <laughs> oh, I was dying for those little shitty hot dogs, damn. Yeah. I conventions make me so nervous. I I I bail almost every time I think I'm gonna go up to somebody. Like Weird yeah. Al was at the the last Portland convention too, and I was like, oh my oh, god, yeah. I gotta meet Weird Al. And then I started to get like mentally prepared, and I was like, nope, can't do it, can't do it. <laughs> and then I went I to the. Just... I went to the weird science panel and I had a nervous. I shook. Oh really? No one noticed or did said anything, but I was shaking so bad. I I just immediately get as awkward as possible, and I don't know why. I I just try to act normal, but I I just I I, I feel like I've made an ass out of myself in front of so many people at those conventions. There's Um, there's a special breed of us. Yeah. (laughs) I did the same thing with girls. Hey, what's the worst thing I can say that makes you look like an idiot? <laughs> I, when you said that, I thought you meant like Lena Dunham and the cast of Girls. No, no. <laughs> I was like, what convention were they at? <laughs> no, I mean just in real life, every day. Just, yeah, I'm awkward. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm awkward on this fucking podcast. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just my way. Uh, it's like it's like a warrior tribe of dorks. Yeah. All I, right. I would say the most the most awkward. Um, interaction i've had at a convention i won't get into the story because it's so long but um i'm blanking on his name is it don rosa who draws uh, scrooge mcduck Sorry. oh he's, he's a famous artist for disney he does the scrooge mcduck comic books i like really pissed him off and Uh-oh. i don't know how i was just trying to be funny and everything i said just like made his blood boil oh i know it's not your intention nice. at all <laughs> I had, he was drawing pictures and I asked him to draw like one of the nephews and he was like rip shit. When I, can I swear on this? 
Yeah, yeah, I, I did like two times already. Uh, oh, and um, and he was like, um, oh, shoot, I'm I'm forgetting my own story. <laughs> um, yeah, he he was pretty annoyed that I asked him to draw one of Scrooge's nephews. So does he normally just have his own idea of what to draw? He doesn't request. I I, I don't know. I I was um I don't know. It, it was like a, a curb your enthusiasm moment where I was I was just trying to be like nice to him or like try to say something funny and everything I thought was funny was just like annoying and and it seemed like I was insulting him and I was just trying to fix it with every new sentence and I finally I remember leaving with this drawing of like one of Scrooge's nephews and a guy sees it and I'm I'm like. I don't know, like 23 or 24 in this story. And a guy sees me leaving. He goes, oh, is that for your son? And I was like, no, it was just a picture I wanted for myself. <clears throat> and the guy did, that was it? Just kind yeah, of like uncomfortable? Yeah, yeah. Oh, was, I thought maybe he was going to have just, some sort of smart-ass retort or something. Oh, no, I, I was defeated by that point. Yeah. <laughs> I had that with Neil Adams, <laughs> um, comic book artist Neil Adams. Um, he was really joking it up, but I didn't think any of his jokes were funny. And then he was like, hey, uh... Get a sense of humor, and I was like, I I have a sense. I'll laugh when I find something funny, and I just decided for some reason not to say anything else. I turned around and walked away. <laughs> I didn't say goodbye. I never mind. I just literally pirouetted and walked yeah. away. <laughs> nice, nice. Ugh. People forcing me to laugh worse. I yeah, don't understand. Yeah. And like, yo, you're the dick for not finding it funny. I was like, mm. yeah. It's all perspective, or uh, you know, it's what you find funny. It's not you. Know, I'm a fucking weirdo. I find very strange things. Um. But before we go, uh, you mentioned Twitter earlier, and uh, can we find you on Twitter? Still doing your cartoon? Sure. I, yeah, I actually, I don't really use Twitter anymore. Um, I've been, uh, my, my website is um, anthonyscib.com, um, and then I, I've been doing a, um, uh, my, my like big project for the last year or so, I've been doing a documentary series on YouTube. And it's called Unsung Legends of Comedy. In each episode, um, I look at a different old comedian or, or character actor that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first episode was about the Ritz Brothers, who were a vaudeville comedy team in, in the 30s. And, and they, did, um, they did 15 movies uh, for Fox and MGM. or I'm sorry, Fox and uh, Universal. Um, so we, we look at different people like that. I did one on Lorenzo Music, who was the original oh, voice wow. of Garfield. Yeah. Uh, Frank Gorshin, who was the Riddler in the old Batman show. Um, but he was a great stand-up comedian, and he was an impressionist. Um, uh, all, you know, all kinds of people like that. I, I say that it's it's character actors, comedians, voiceover artists, and vaudevillains. So it's it's pretty much, you know, whoever I feel like profiling. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'll send you a link uh, for that. I'll share it. Oh, okay. definitely. Plus, definitely. I want to watch it. So Unsung Legends of Comedy on YouTube. <clears throat> Every time I talk to anybody in the stand-up feed, because it makes me so I can be funny as I want to be when I'm not stage. Like sure, I get yeah, friends, yeah. people are like you should be a comedian. I was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand <laughs> what goes into that. I don't know why people think that just because you're kind of funny in the real world, that means you can get up there, you hone an act. It's an art, and right. it's and, and you have to be able to deflect any sort of bad, you know, mojo coming from people and yeah. oh, working yeah. the audience. What you guys? Do. Thank you. And uh, anything else you want to plug before we go? Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's my, my website. I've got some, some short films and, and web series and things on there. And, um, and yeah, and Unsung Legends. All right. That sounds fun because uh, there was a time I was so obsessed with comedy. Uh, 1991, yeah. getting Comedy Central for the first time. I would spend yeah. all day watching stand up, stand up, and short attention span theater and stuff like oh, that. Yeah, when I, yeah, um, yeah. 
Oh, I'm having a moment, but I met one of the guy. Oh, this is embarrassing now. I'll tell you off air because <laughs> I'm just sure. embarrassed okay. myself. <laughs> All right, so check us out on Facebook and uh, a podcast is called Hit Rewind. Subscribe, share, and that's it. Have a good night. Beautiful.